Well, God bless you. Welcome to the Wonderful Words of Life radio program. We're going to be studying the Word of God for the next 30 minutes. We are going to be in the first epistle of John. We're going to finish out chapter 2. We ended with uh, chapter 14 uh, the last time, last session. Uh, but we're going to back up a little bit to verse 12. But before we do that, I want to go ahead and read you a portion of Scripture. This is found in Paul's writing to the Corinthian church. Notice what he says. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. Love is not puffed up. It does not behave rudely. It does not seek its own. It is not provoked. It thinks no evil. It does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. Love bears all things. Love believes all things. Love hopes all things. Love endures all things. Love, the love of God, never fails. Amen. Heavenly Father, we bless you today. We thank you for the anointing that will teach us, Lord. So, Father, we covet the Word of God. We covet to know it, to understand it, Father God, to teach it accurately. And we have the Holy Spirit, who is our teacher. So, Holy Spirit, come alongside of us to help us today, both in the teaching and in the receiving of the Word of God. Lord, we look to the Word, not not as the Word of men, but as it is in truth, the Word of God, which lives and abides forever. And Father, we give you all the praise and honor and glory. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, praise God. 1 John chapter 2, we're going to back up to verse 12 because, and then we're going to go through the rest of this chapter. But I think this is very important for us uh, to understand. Notice uh, John is writing and he, in verse 12 and he says this, I write unto you little children because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. I write unto you fathers because you have known him that is from the beginning. I write unto you, young men, because you have overcome the wicked one. I write unto you, little children, because you have known the Father. I have written unto you, fathers, because you have known him that is from the beginning. I have written unto you, young men, because you are strong, and the word of God abides in you. You have overcome, and you have overcome the wicked one. Now, notice that what John does here, he's writing to all believers. But he places all believers into three different classes. He places them as little children, and then the next class, young men, and then fathers. And this is exactly how that we in the church grow to full spiritual maturity. When we were first born again, we were little children. We were begotten by the word of truth. Amen. Praise God. We received Jesus as Savior. Amen. He, he changed us. Uh, he created a new heart in us. You know, Paul said it this way. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. All things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And what John says of the little children, this is this is what he classifies them. He says this, your, your sins are forgiven and you know the father. This is what little children are. They know the father. They've had an experience with Christ as Savior. And that's really all they know. And then John goes on and he says this. He talks to the young men. Notice the difference here. He says, you have overcome the wicked one and you are strong. 
the word of God abides or remains. We're going to see this word abide a lot in in this first epistle. We've already witnessed uh, its use and we're going to witness again, both in the first epistle and in the second epistle of John. The word abide means to remain. And the word of God abides in you. It's the Greek word meno. And you have overcome the wicked one. So let's look at the young men first. All right. They've overcome the wicked one. They're strong. You've got to be strong in order to overcome the wicked one. And how are we strong? We're strong because the word of God remains on the inside of us. So this is the progression from little children to young men. Young men, they learn how to fight. They learn how to war. Amen. Now, they may get knocked down a few times, but they get up again and they go at it. And each time that they go through a test or a trial, they learn. And the chief thing that they've learned is they put the word of God first. The word of God remains on the inside of them. When tests or trials or the pressures of life, anxiety come, they don't forget God. Amen. They run to him. Remember what the writer of Proverbs says. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and they are safe. We run to God. We don't run away from him. We run to him. Amen. Because he's our captain. Praise God. He's the one that leads us and directs us on the battlefield. And he always leads us to victory. We always have victory in Jesus. So, uh, what John does is he classifies the young men as those who have overcome the wicked one, those who are strong, and they're strong because the word of God is abiding and remaining in them, praise God. And then the next class is the fathers. And all John says about the fathers is this, you have known him from the beginning. And what I take that to mean is that the father is at one time was a little child. But he began to covet the word of God. He began to grow. Remember what Peter said. As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. Amen. So little children, they're in need of milk. But as they begin to grow, then they they go from milk. They go from milk to meat. They go to strong food. Praise God. Amen. Solid food. And so the fathers are those that were at one time little children, but they grew up to be young men. And now they have reached full maturity. They are the fathers in the church. They're the ones that are discipling and watching over the little children and causing them to grow into young men so that one day they'll be the fathers and take uh, the father's place. Amen. And so this is how the church grows. It grows by producing babies in Christ. Churches. And listen, there's a lot of churches in my area. They're not producing babies. And you know what's happening to them? They're dying. They're dying. And those churches will just be a building at one time. I remember reading about a, a church that uh, that grew at one time and, and they were really strong. And they but what they did is how they grew. They didn't grow by preaching and teaching the word of God. They grew by programs. This program, that program, you know, we're going to have this thing Sunday. And they he got a lot of people to come. But you know what that church is today? It's a place of business, a place of secular business. It's no longer a church. Listen, if you and I, we, I'll say we, if we want to progress in the things of God, we have got to we've got to make our foundation based upon the word of God. Amen. 
the word of God has got to remain on the inside of us. And this is how churches grow. They don't grow by programs. They grow by births, just like your family. If in your family, I don't know what your family name is. My name is Dunning. If all of my dad and mom's children had no babies, guess what? Our family name would die. At least our our branch of the family name would die because there were no one, no babies to carry that name. Amen. So. Uh, we need to pray for God to bring for God, for births. We need to pray for births, not just for converts, for births. We need converts, too. But the church really grows when the church starts producing babies. Amen. So that's the progression from little children to young men to fathers. Now, verse 15. Notice what uh, John writes, and he's addressing all three different classes. He says this, love not the world. Neither the things in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. This is the criteria for growing in grace and in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ is that we separate. We separate from the things that are not of God. We run to the Father, but we run away from the things of the world. Amen. We cleave to that which is good, but we abhor that which is evil. We don't pay attention. We don't assimilate the culture of this world, this present evil age. We don't do that. We don't try to engage by uh, adapting the culture to try to reach people. That's not how we do it. We wind up becoming one of them. And we find ourselves really as enemies of God. And I, I don't I tell you, I, I don't want to be that way. I don't want to live my life and wind up being an enemy of God. Amen. I want to run to him. I want to run to his word. Praise God. And that means I'm going to have to separate myself from a lot of things that are just uh, they're they're not of God. Amen. So John says this love not. Now, the first 14 verses John is telling us, actually, the, uh, the, from the very beginning of this epistle, he's telling us what to love, and now he's telling us what not to love. This is a prohibition. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Amen. So this is a decision. We have made a decision to follow Jesus. And when we made that decision to follow Jesus, we also made the same decision not to follow the things that are in the world. Amen. And that's culture. That's modernism. That's postmodernism. We're not going to have anything to do with that because it's not of God. But notice that uh, that uh, that John wrote, he says, neither the things that are in the world. Talking about all the. The, the riches of the world, talking about all of the advantages, all the pleasures, all that come by and through the works of the flesh. Who promotes us? Are we promoting ourselves, or is God promoting us? Remember what, what Peter said. He said to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God and he will exalt us in due time. Doesn't mean he'll exalt us immediately, but he will exalt us in due time. We just place all of our our hope, all of our life, all of our expectations, everything. We just give it all and, 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 and depend upon Jesus Christ to bring his plan and purpose to pass in our life. 
Amen. Praise God. I'm I'm remembering a a, a young lady that uh, as a young child received Christ as Savior and grew up in a Christian household. But then as she got older, some things, some bad things happened to her and she soured. She soured on the things of God. She actually began to to run in the darkness and run away from the light. But there was this seed that was planted on the inside of her when she was a young girl. And when she ran through what she was going through, she finally came back to the place and she began to pray, Lord, for her to come back. Lord, make my heart soft, make my heart soft. And one day, uh, something that she hadn't done in a while, she opened up her Bible, began to read. And you know what happened? God visited her. God, the word of God just reached up out of those pages of that Bible and touched her heart and cleansed her and washed her in that very moment. And I look at her today and I have such admiration and such respect for her. The reason why is because she fought a great, great battle, but she won. Amen. She won. Praise God. Hallelujah. And today she's learned how to do just exactly what John says, love not the world, neither the things in the world. Now, John says this, if any man love the world. Now, we're talking about a love that we marry ourselves. See, we may run with the worldly crowd, but we're not married to them. See, backsliders always have a way to get back. You know, this lady that I was talking to you about, she had backslidden, but God brought her back. Praise God. Why? Because he loves her and he loves you and he loves me. Glory to God. If any man love the world, we're talking about a marriage now. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. So here's the distinction. Either we're light or we're darkness. Now, sometimes the light will start dancing in the darkness and it will seem like the darkness that that the light is fading. But the backslider always has the opportunity before they slip into apostasy. Listen, I backslid for about a year or so. Earlier in my Christian experience. And my backsliding brought me to a line. And I knew if I crossed that line, I'd never find my way back. And oh, I tell you, that scared me. Oh, that scared me. That scared me. I ran away from that line. And God brought me back. He restored me. Praise God. Hallelujah. And so the light, it might dance in the darkness and the light may seem like it fades. But listen, God will call us back. If you're in a situation to where you're backslidden, you're, you're not reading your Bible, you're not praying, you're not going to church. If you do go to church, it's just a show. It really doesn't mean anything. You know, Bible reading has become very boring to you. Uh, you can't uh, you can't sit and you can't converse around the Bible because it, it makes you uncomfortable. Well, you're in a backslidden state. Just admit it. I'm, I'm backslidden. But there's something on the inside of you that keeps pricking you, keeps pricking you. Amen. There's a spirit on the inside of you that's calling you back. Pay attention to that. Start making that journey back. Start praying. Lord, make my heart soft again. Make my heart soft again. 
and get that Bible off the shelf and open it up and just begin to pray and ask God to restore your soul. Amen. And he'll do that. (laughs) Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Verse 16, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the father, but is of the world. So what is the lust of the flesh? That's the passion. That's the desires of the flesh. That's that fleshly desire to run with the things of the world. Well, what is the lust of the eyes? Well, that's selfism. That's narcissism. See, I tell you, Hollywood is rife with the lust of the eyes. Getting in front of the camera. You know, people have to constantly take pictures of themselves and post it all over Facebook. That's selfies. You know, we call them uh, selfies. (laughs) Amen. Narcissism, lust of the flesh. The things that the eye delights in. And there's no higher object in life than self. See, that's the lust of the eyes. And then the pride of life, the boasting. The boasting of the outward life, which is the bios. Instead of the boasting in the zoe, the inner life. See, we in the Western world, we're driven by the external. And we need to learn how to begin driven by the internal. Amen. The outward things perish. But what does the scripture say? Those things that are inward are eternal. They'll live forever. Praise God. And then verse 17 says, And the world passes away in the lust thereof, but he that does the will of God will abide forever. Here's that word abide again. Will remain forever. In other words, that which is temporal, it's going to vanish. It's going to pass away. But that which is eternal will live forever. Are you going to live eternally with Christ? You're going to spend, you and I are going to spend eternity somewhere. So we better make the choice to spend eternity with the Lord Jesus. Praise God. Amen. Let's not be like the rich man that opened up his eyes in torment, that has hit his entire life to do that which is righteous, but he chose not to. He chose to live for himself. He lived by the lust of the flesh. He lived by the lust of the eyes, and he lived by the pride of life. And he closed his eyes in death one day, and he opened his eyes up in hell, being in torment. Oh, I tell you, that scares me. I don't want to have any part of that kind of life. I'm going to run into the shelter. I'm going to run into the strong tower where I'm safe. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. God's protection and his love. Amen. And his ability to keep us and cause us to remain once again. And the world passes away and the lust thereof. But he that does the will of God will abide forever. Amen. Praise God. All right. Verse 18. uh, This begins the last section. And I've entitled this section, Having No Fellowship with the Enemies of Christ. We're going to talk about the Antichrist and Antichristos, which is many Antichrists. Notice verse 18. Little children, it is the last time or the last hour. As ye have heard that Antichrist shall come, even now there are many Antichrists that have arisen, whereby we know that it is the last time, the last hour. Now, what John is addressing here are those in the church that are preaching another gospel. Notice uh, what Paul in writing to the Galatian church says in chapter one and verse nine. As we have said before, so say I now again. 
If any man preach any other gospel unto you than that ye have received from Paul and the apostles, let him be accursed. See, anyone that comes either to your church or, or on TV and they're preaching another gospel, they have become antichristos. They have become antichrist. And this is exactly what John is talking about here. These false prophets, these false teachers, they're lining themselves up in opposition to the true word of God. In other words, the word that was given to the apostles. Remember going back to first John chapter one, verse one, that which we've seen, that which we've heard, that which we have handled of the word of life. This is our testimony. This is John is writing this letter as a testimony to what he has seen and heard the truth. But now there are many in the church that are teaching exactly the opposite. Oh, you, you know, you got the grace of God. You can go out and sin and just live it up. Sin any way you want to, because, you know, grace is going to forgive. You don't even have to ask forgiveness. That's heresy. That's false doctrine. That's leading people into hell. That's anybody who preaches that is an antichristos. They need to repent. They need to get right with God. And then he says this. Notice this. Let's read this verse again. Little children, it is the last time the la or the last hour. As ye have heard that Antichrist shall come, even now are there many Antichrists that have arisen, whereby we know that it is the last time or the last hour. Once again, here is the doctrine of eminence. And John makes it plain. The parousia, the coming of the Lord Jesus, is to be expected. It is the blessed hope, the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. We look for that every moment of every day that we live in Christ Jesus. We're looking for the coming of the Lord. And because we do that, we live our lives in such a way that when he comes, we'll not be ashamed, but we will be received and have an abundant entrance into the kingdom of God. Amen. But now this is what John says. Now look at verse 19. They went out from us, but they were not of us. In other words, they departed, but they never were part of the body of Christ. They had the spirit of Antichrist working in them. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. It's the same Greek word, meno, which means remain. They would have remained and continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that were, they were not all of us. You see, this is very important. Do you have the seed that remains in you? Do you have the seed of Christ that remains in you? This is what we have to know. Do I know? Do I know that I am born again? Do I know that if I were to die today, I'd go to heaven? Do I know that? And there are many in the church that used to be of us, but they're not with us anymore. They, they don't even go to church. They, matter of fact, not only do they not want to go to church, they don't want to want to go to church. They've completely turned their back. Well, they were not really of us, were they? They stayed with us for a time, but they didn't continue. And Paul talks about that. He talks about, you know, being born again, if being a part of the body of Christ, if 
you continue. See, that's part of the Christian life. Just as much as initially being born again, it's also part of the Christian life to remain in Christ. But now John says this in verse 20, but, but you have an unction from the Holy One. Now, what is that unction? Well, we're going to find out. It means anointing. It's the Greek word chrisma. And what it implies, it implies the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Amen. That we are born again children of God and we are progressing in the things of God. So John says here, but ye have an unction from the Holy One and ye know all things. The NAS says, and you all know it. NIV, and all of you know the truth. Living Bible, and you know the truth. Today's English version, and so all of you know the truth. So what's John saying? He's saying, you know the truth. You have an unction. You have the Holy Spirit abiding in you, and you know the truth. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. We need to look to him every day, don't we? We need to humble ourselves. Amen. We need to lean on him. Praise God. Verse 21. I have not written unto you because you know not the truth, but because you know it and that no lie is of the truth. I tell you, (laughs) we live in a day where people don't know what to believe. People are calling the good evil and they're calling the evil good. Well, how are you going to know what the truth is? Well, you've got to go to the source of truth, and that's the word of God. The Holy Spirit will lead us and guide us into all truth. Notice that Jesus said that the Holy Spirit will lead us and guide us into all truth. Not just some of it, all of it. Praise God. That's why it's so important for us to pray. That's why it's so important for us to look to the Holy Spirit, to stay in the word of God and not be deceived into believing something that we think is true, but is actually a lie. I said it before, I'll say it again. If the devil can can put a little bit of poison in a cold glass of water and give it to you to drink, and you drink it, and you continue to drink it, eventually you'll die. He'll poison you. We have to make sure that the water that we drink is pure water the pure water of the word of God and what we're being taught is the truth. Not some of the truth and then some lies. No, all of the truth. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. All scripture is God breathed. Amen. So that's what we look to. We don't look to to people that are teaching the truth. Thank God for people that teach, teach the truth. Amen. But they are not our source. The word of God is our source. What men teach us should drive us back to the word of God. Amen. To study the scriptures, to see whether or not the things that we're being taught is the truth. And if they're not being taught, if we're not being taught the truth, then we need to go somewhere where we are and will be taught the truth. Verse 21 again, I have not written unto you because you know not the truth, but because you know it and that no lies of the truth. So, John is saying, I'm writing to you. I'm not writing to you and your need to know the truth, but I know that you know the truth, but I'm warning you that you must know the difference between what is true and what is false. Verse 22, who is a liar, but he that denies that Jesus is the Christ. He is antichrist, antichristos, that denies the Father and the Son. So whosoever denies the Son 
The same does not have the Father. Jesus says this. He says, if you believe me, you believe in the Father who sent me. If you deny me, you deny the Father also. So here it is. In stark terms, do we believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? Do we believe that he was born of a virgin, that he lived a sinless life, died a vicarious death, was raised from the dead? If we believe Jesus Christ, then we believe God's record, the Father's record of his Son. And then finishing this out, verse 24, Let that therefore abide in you, which ye have heard from the beginning. If that which ye have heard from the beginning shall remain in you, you also shall continue in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that he has promised us, even eternal life. Going back to being a young child, growing up to a young man, reaching fatherhood. Amen. Verse 26 and 27, these things I have written unto you concerning them that seduce you. But the anointing which ye have received of him abideth in you, and ye need not that any man teach you. But as the same anointing teaches you of all things and is truth and is no lie, and even as it has taught you, ye shall abide in him. So important to know the word of God and to walk in the word of God. And finishing this chapter out, verses 28 and 29. And now, little children, abide in him, that when he shall appear, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. Do you want an abundant entrance? Abide in the word of God. Amen. And if ye know that he is righteous, you know that everyone that doeth righteousness is born of him. Are you doing righteousness today? Amen. You're doing righteousness because of the righteous one that's in you. Praise God. Those that do unrighteousness, the righteous one is not abiding in them. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you now. We make a decision now. We consecrate ourselves to live for you and only for you and look to you every day for guidance and direction. We thank you for the blood of Jesus Christ that cleanses us from all sin and gives us an inheritance among them that are saved. And we'll give you praise and honor and glory for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Do you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that if you were to die today that you would be prepared for heaven? If you're not sure, then I encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Father God, I come to you through your Son, Jesus Christ. I repent and ask you to forgive me of my sin and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I surrender my heart and life to you. By faith, I believe I receive you as my Lord and Savior. And I thank you for receiving me in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed this prayer and desire to know more about the gift of Christ that the Heavenly Father offers you, then email us at rbtc86 at gmail.com. We will be glad to answer your questions promptly and provide you at your request with materials that will help you to grow in your faith in the Lord Jesus. This is Patsy Dunning. Thank you for listening to our broadcast today. And let me remind you to tune in to this station at the same time next week to hear more of the wonderful words of life. God bless you and remember what Jesus said. It is the Spirit who gives life.